Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Move podcast, talking about the tour of Lombardia, the last, really, I, I suppose, the last major race of the season. We'll, we'll talk about it. There are some other pro tour events, but this this is a beautiful race, uh, this part of the world. And obviously, you know, folks who've traveled or, you know, it's kind of a bucket list place, right? That part of Italy, Lake Como, all the lake region, uh, not that far from um, from Milan is just a gorgeous area. Actually, also a place where uh, George and I lived for for many years early on in our career um, when we were on Motorola. So pr- pretty, pretty epic riding, which if you if you were able to catch the race, you, you would have seen it. Uh, today, I'm joined by, as, as I mentioned, George right over there. George, how you doing? Good. Good to see everybody. Huh? Johan, Wist? Alles goed. Alles in order. Yeah, yeah. And JB, all good? JB, did you go down okay. to the... You you go down to the music festival last night or I did not. I did not. I don't I, I may try to land a ticket before it's over because it's next weekend also, but uh be out breaking the weather here, it's a good time to get out. Boy, I tell you what. Um yeah, this is this is this is something new. It's been hotter than donut grease down here. Uh but speaking of that, today's show is brought to you by Zwift. Indoor cycling season is only just around the corner, and Zwift has made it uh easy for you. Uh, there's never been a better time to get started riding indoors. It's funny. I, you bring that up, JB. I walked out today. I usually sit outside because it's uh, in the morning, drink my coffee, uh, do a little Zen stuff, you know, a little namaste. Uh, and I walked out today. I was like, whoa, I got to go back inside and grab a hoodie. Pretty cool. Uh, so that to me says, yeah, Zwift season is right around the corner. Zwift smart trainer, the Zwift hub is now a better value than ever for only 599 bucks. Not only do you get a smart trainer with a pre-installed cassette of your choice for no fuss setup and a one year of Zwift, but you can also get free shipping when you enter the code ZWIFTHUB at checkout. There's more to do on Zwift than ever before, including the return of We Do Wednesday and Suffer Sunday. Head on over to Zwift.com and grab your Zwift Hub and don't forget the code ZWIFTHUB for free shipping. Also today brought to you by Element. Yeah, we all we talk about it all the time, right? And and we're sitting here talking about the weather. That doesn't that doesn't change anything. We're still going to get out there. We're still going to hustle. We're still going to suffer. Still going to sweat. This is our go-to drink: thousand milligrams of sodium, two hundred milligrams of potassium, sixty milligrams of magnesium. No sugar, no gluten, no artificial BS. It is the real deal. Our listeners can get a free Element sample pack with any order. When you head over to drinklmnt.com slash the move, that's drinklmnt.com slash the move. Also today brought to you by HVMN. And if you guys were on the pre-show, you members were were, uh, part of our members meeting. You saw me, you saw me hammer one of these little shots of ketone IQ. Now uh, it's, it's part of our daily regimen, but, uh, after the night that I had last night, uh, as JB and I touched on with, the, with ACL fest going on and everything, I just needed a little pick me up. Right. Uh, and it, it came here in the form of the ketone IQ. Look at that. And I already feel better. So we often hear that fasting and exercise are good for the brain. HVMN launched the world's first drinkable ketone in 2017. Ketone IQ is their latest innovation on ketones. That has improved effectiveness, taste, and cost. And it is no wonder that HVMN supplies ketones to more than 60% of the teams in this Peloton, which we watched today. You can save 30% off your first subscription order of Ketone IQ at hvmn.com slash the move. And I cannot promise 
that I won't have another one before this show is over. All right, let's talk about uh, Tour Lombardia. I mean, what <laughs> Pogachar? I mean, Johan, you said it in, 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 our, in our group chat, which to me is astonishing, right? Nine starts in monuments. And let's, as a reminder, folks, the monuments are Milan San Remo, Perry Roubaix, Liège Beston Liège, Tour Flanders, and Lombardia. So he's only done nine of them. He's won five. I mean, and this is not to mention his third tour of Lombardia in a row. Yeah. Patrick. No, it's, it's, you know, and especially I think this, this race for him, it's the third time in the row, but I don't know. There's something about this race that he has under control, you know, like typically the, the races before the preparation races, he's there, but he doesn't win. And and compared to the rest, then on this race, he's just on another level today. You know, he, he, uh, I mean, he was the strongest, but not he was not dominant on that last climb. But still, you know, he went first over the climb, the downhill. He was he was amazing, and you know, it was I think it was about thirty something kilometers to the to the finish when he went. Of course, a lot of downhill, but there's something about this race that he likes, and uh, yeah, I mean, to win it three times in a row is just amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, and, and we saw the like just like you said, Johan, last year, uh, Roglic, he was dominating in the in the races leading up to Lombardia, and it, and, and pretty much the, the same thing happened this year. Roglic won on the the hard finish there, steep finish. I think it was on Monday or Tuesday, uh, handedly over Pogachar, uh, and and then we saw again this year Pogachar. But it wasn't like he dominated the climb, like you said. He, he Roglic caught back up to him essentially on the top of the climb, and somehow. Pogachar pulled away from him on the descent, which let's not forget, Roglic is a downhill ski jumper. So must have like the most amazing downhill skills, but for Pogachar just to ride away from him on the descent for me was one of the most impressive things because I felt like Roglic rode in a really good conservative climb, didn't go over his limit and really brought him back at the end. And then I thought we had a real race there where they were kind of almost all back together, but to see Pogachar roll away on the descent like that was incredibly impressive. And um, it made me think that he he really practiced not only that climb because he did the Strava. He had like the KOM a couple of days ago, mm. but he must have put a lot of effort into that downhill as well, because he to ride away from somebody like Roglic on the downhill. It's incredible. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of the season, you guys had some question marks by Pogacar because you're like, you know, the Tour de France should have been his focus, but he had a bucket list to win Flanders. Lombardia, you can do if, you know, it's after the tour. What do you guys think going into next season? Because he's he checked that box with Flanders. Yeah. How will he prepare for the tour? Will that be the focus? I don't. I don't know. I mean, the guy loves the race. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, I personally think. I mean, after his after this season, I mean, let's not forget. You know, he won Tour of Flanders. He won Amstel Gold Race. He won Flesh Wallon. He was <laughs> second in the tour. Won two stages. Now he wins Lombardy. Uh, you know, what else do you need to prove? You know, just, I think now it's time to go back to project, project Tour de France. And I mean, at least that's what I would think. We, we don't, we're not in his mind, of course. Neither. Yeah, like, Johan, like you said, he won those races, but you didn't re- mention the races that nobody cares about. Ruta del right. Sol, like <laughs> from the beginning of the year where he was riding away, dominating. And to me, looking back, it's like, well, you know what? Nobody really cares about these races. So perhaps you should really focus on these races and the tour de France and not worry about these other build-up races as much as he does. Like we always say, the guy who loves to win when he shows up to a race, he wants to win. Johan and I ran into Gianetti at the start of tour of Flanders. He's like, I can't control this guy. 
he wants to win every single race. So hopefully, you know, next year they go into the season oh, with a different North. approach. Let's not forget, you know, who knows what would have happened without the crash in Lies Baston Liege and having yeah. that really delay in his preparation. We don't know. So hey, I think at this moment, uh, even if he didn't win the tour, for me, he remains the best rider in the world. Yeah, Johan, if it, it, it's a it's a it would be a and maybe somebody has asked this question, and if not, they should. Uh, but just ask him directly, you know, would you trade a year where you won Tour of Flanders and, and Tour of Lombardia, for example, and many other things, but just let's take two monuments. Would you trade those for a win in the tour? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know what my answer would be. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm curious because he, he, so I think he approaches these things. I mean, not phoning it in, obviously, and, he, and you can tell he's genuinely passionate and excited about it and, and excited to win. I just wonder if he'd trade them. I, I don't, I don't, my answer would be, of course you'd trade them, but I'm not sure that, that he would. I don't think so. I, I personally crazy. think that these guys, it's there. They have a different mentality. Uh, let's, let's, you know, let's, okay. Of course it's difficult to, you know, Vingegaard has focused on the, on the tours. He didn't do a single one day race. I think uh, maybe one, um, you know, he won the tour and he was, Second, was he second? Yeah, he was second in the Vuelta. Uh, put that next to Pogacar season, right? And and let's uh, let us judge or let us, you know, say okay, who has who was the best rider, who had the best season? I think it's close. I mean, you know, Vingegaard did win the Tour, but on the other hand, if you look at Pogacar season, I'm I'm you know, I would I'm curious to see who's going to win the what's it called the Velo d'Or? It's like you Velo know, the, the, right the biggest. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, you know, because he's been, he's been there from, from, he was already there in Milan San Remo, uh, you know, as one of the three, four best riders and, uh, and he's here in, in Tour of Lombardy and in between he won, he won a lot of things and whatever he didn't win was he crashed in Liege and then he still was second in the tour after that wrist injury. So, um, does so, the uh, does the UCI points answer that question? Who got more points this right? season? He's in first, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I haven't checked, but he's. I'm pretty sure he's in first. Let me check. How do you guys keep going? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, another fun thing about the, the course today, and we were uh, kicking this around in, in the members' meeting, uh, was it, it? It passes a really, uh, you know, outside of just being absolutely gorgeous, this riding around there and, and very, very difficult, very, seemingly it's just never flat. Like it's always hard, but on top of one of the climbs, the Madonna di Ghisallo is a church. Um, that's really a sanctuary, uh, to the history of cycling. And if you're watching the show, uh, you, you can see this and, and I've been in there, uh, several times, but if you, if you are in that part of the world, go just have a climb up the Ghisallo, or if you're driving by, on your way to Bellagio or one of the uh, beautiful places there, just stop in. I mean, this is, again, if you're watching, you can see it. I mean, it kind of takes your breath away. Look at this. You've got all the bikes. You've got a Kopi bike, a Mosier bike. I believe uh, our good friend, Jan Ulrich has a bike in there. Uh, Johan, you pointed out uh, and asked me if that's my uh, Motorola Eddie Merckx there on the, on the top left. It's uh, unfortunately it is not. Uh, that's, that's the actual bike uh, that Fabio Casertelli uh, was riding uh, when he crashed uh, at the 1995 Tour de France and lost his life. But it's, you know, bikes, jerseys, medals. It's it's really, really, sp- look at just, wow. I mean, you just watch it. And then, and like I said, takes your breath away. Yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah, actually, I saw that uh, Jan Ulrich was in there today, actually doing uh, an interview with uh, with Italian TV. I think this picture actually doesn't do it justice because there's a lot more. Right. Yeah, there's a lot. There. Yeah. Lots of jerseys. I mean, crazy. Copy, uh, Bartali. I mean, really, really, old, really, really old, old, old jerseys in there and and bikes. So uh, it is, it is, it is amazing. What, yeah. What's it? That's like one of the only times I go to church. You know, when we stop by a place like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, if the 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 special thing about the Tour of Lombardy is like this: the the, the climate to Madonna di Gisalo today they had they had it at the beginning, mm. so you know they 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 change the course every year. You know, they they either go from Bergamo to Como or from Como to Bergamo. Uh, and today they had the Madonna di Gisalo uh, in the beginning. Normally, that's the last climb, and from the from the other side, it's a lot harder. Uh, it's it's very very steep, so. Um, but anyway, the race is, is plenty hard. I think it was about 4,000 meters of climb. Oh, my so, God. So oddly, oddly enough, back in the day when Lance and I lived in Como, that would be our long loop. We would go Como to Bergamo and back. Uh, so we, that used to be our training ground, and it's really stunning, world-class cycling, and very, very difficult. So um, Lombardia, that's why we call it a monument, because it's one of the hardest one-day races in the world. Lots of climbing, very technical, fast descents, and... Uh, takes a real complete rider like we saw today when when uh, when uh, Lombardia. You know the yeah. other thing that stands out to me is I, I I remember the first time I raced Lombardia was 1990. It was either 92 or 93. I believe 1992. It was raining and I mean freezing. And and we've seen it you know over the last few years. Uh, you know very very different conditions today. It's almost hot, right? You saw Pogachar with with the salt and you saw the evidence of, of, a, of a hot, hard race with, you know, the salt on the jerseys, him cramping compare and contrast to my first experience there 30 plus years ago. Uh, I couldn't get off the bike fast enough. It was that cold. Mm-hmm. So can, I suppose can, you know, uh, can, can be any kind of condition. Well, they call it the, 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 the race of the falling leaves, right. Of the dead leaves. Uh, because it's in the fall, but for sure, I mean, the, the climate, the climate is now, I mean, even here, like today, for example, in Madrid, it's the same like you guys in, in Austin lands, it's 33 degrees today. And in Italy, it wasn't much different. Um, but still, you know, this race is, is it's, I think it's an extremely difficult race to win. You have to be a really good climber. And if you look before, the, you know, before the race, there was three or four riders who could win. Right. And, uh, and we didn't, we, nobody, I don't, I don't think anybody had Bajoli on the list, a uh, guy who had second, amazing performance uh, after winning um, one of those prep races uh, in the lead up to the Tour of Lombardy, Roglic third. So, I mean, two of the, of the three best riders in the world were on the podium and, and we wouldn't have expected anything different. Can we, can we talk about the, the Roglic's sprint though? I mean, if you, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he let out the sp- the sprint at the end of a race that you just said it, Johan, 4,000 meters. So that's about close to 13,000 feet of climbing. And and they could hardly come around him. I mean, it, it was an interesting tactic, but just shows you how, just what a boss he is. I mean, that, that I was like, you, the way he started, I was like, everybody's coming around him. Yeah. And only one, only one. And he didn't even get out of the saddle. Barely, like he barely passed him. Yeah. Well, not, not only that, but he got dropped on that last climb coming into town. So, I mean, the guy is one of the, to me, the strongest, he's got the strongest mental skills out of anybody in the bunch. A guy like that who's won so many grand tours and has done pretty much everything you can do in cycling gets dropped, knows he's got no chance to win, but still fights back 
Yep. Claws his way back and leads out the sprint and ends up getting third in the, in the podium. The guy never quits. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Roglic. Yeah. And let's, well, we're going to talk about him uh, and, and the news that just, just hit this week. Of course, there's been a lot of news in cycling about um, a, a potential mega merger and, and where that leaves guys like, like Roglic or uh, Remco and, and, and we'll, we'll, let's touch on all that. And also where, Roglic ultimately ended up or is ultimately going, which I, frankly, I'm a fan of this move. But before we do, today's show also brought to you by AG1. Now, this is something you talk about part of the daily protocol. AG1 is 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 it's one of these things you just can't miss. I think for everybody here on the team, it's really about taking control of your health. Uh, When I started drinking AG1, I literally could feel a difference almost immediately, and that's the reason that. it's just a go-to. I was sick of taking tons of supplements and pills and things like that. Uh, and, th- and this is all right there, all in one package, right? 75 adaptogens, all the healthy stuff. I've all- often admitted I'm not too good about fruits and veggies. Um, and by the way, all for less than three bucks a day. Even my you know, friends, my, my mom, for example, I started drinking AG1 and they all say the same thing, right? I've got more energy. I feel better. I feel like I just took control of my health. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs. All you got to do is go to drinkag1.com slash the move. That's drinkag1.com slash the move. Check it out. Also today brought to you by 8sleep. Now, this thing... I tell you, I love I love products that are designed in a way that that are just uh, you know I always I often refer to how Apple designs products and if, if Apple designed a a a sleep mattress cover uh, that cools your your body your core temp and improves sleep this is it would look exactly like this like it is this thing is so damn sleek uh, not just the actual mattress uh, the user experience with the app how you can control not just uh, the temperature of of your side of the mattress but also your partner's. Uh, so if you're, you know, if you get mad at your partner, you know, just grab the app and crank it down to like 55 degrees and see how they like it overnight. <laughs> George, you, George, George is like, that's not a bad idea. Have you looked at the, <laughs> the sleep data? It's very similar to, if not more informative than a lot of the wearables, I tell on your, you, it, your heart rate, your, yep. your, your levels of sleep. It's fascinating. So, so of course I'm, I'm 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 a religious user of the Aura Ring, and you're right, JB. If you so you know obviously the interface user experience on the app, you can control both sides of the mattress, the the temperature, but it also has the feature where it tells you your sleep cycles and and um uh, you know all, heart rate, all these things. And if you compare and contrast to the Aura Ring, which is very accurate. It is close. Like it's, it's wildly impressive just how, uh, how they pull it off. So for you guys go to eight sleep.com slash the movie It's going to save you 150 bucks on the pod cover. Stay cool with eight sleep now shipping within the USA, Canada, the UK select countries in the EU and Australia. That's eight sleep.com slash the move. Good catch right there, JB. You're right. I have, I have an announcement to make. We were just talking about the new oh, museum. Boy, oh, what, the and uh, funny, funny enough, you know, your bike may not be there, Lance, but apparently my bike is there right now. Temporarily. I just got a message from uh, our, uh, the move, somebody from the move Mallorca saying that my custom team BMC SLR 
is there for uh, to, to commemorate my 17th Tour de France. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, it's there for a little bit. My BMC. Pretty cool. And wait, you didn't know that? You had to get a message? I had, I had no idea. No. I'm surprised <laughs> Johan didn't know that. He knows everything. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> well, I know. I know we're going to, we've touched on it. On, we're going to go uh, back one, one more time to, to um, you know, Lombardy. It's a monument. Um, you know, it's a bit short. Normally monuments are 250 kilometers and above. This was 239. But, you know, just to, to show you how hard these races are, you know, like we have the five monuments and this year, and, and we've said it many times, you know, the, 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 the level of, you know, the, these top guys are so close to each other that sometimes it's difficult to see a difference between them. But the monuments are so hard that this year, every single monument has been won solo. You know, Milan San Remo, we had Van der Poel going by himself. Tour of Flanders, Pogacar destroyed everybody, won like dominantly. Paris-Roubaix, again, Van der Poel solo. Liège-Bastogne-Liège, Remco solo, and now again, Pogacar solo. So, I mean, compared to other races, this is, I mean, like, monuments are just... You know, that's just a league on the zone. That's it's a special, really special race. Uh, we 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 say it seemingly every week. I mean, this is this sport is is just changing. It's evolving. It's it's we're seeing things that that we've just never seen before. Just like that. Well, I know we're going to touch on some other things. Uh, Johan and Spencer have done a great job doing some Move Plus updates with a lot of things happening in the in the with this supposed merger, but let's go back to Roglic. You guys were talking about him sprinting. He has a little bit of a different kind of motivation right now. He just announced he's moving over to Bora, which is going to make for a pretty dynamic Tour de France, right? Uh, just would love your thoughts on that. That was just announced a day or two ago. I, I like I, it. I, I, yeah. I, I, and we, we, we talked a lot about Bora uh, during the tour and, and um, uh, look, the guy I, in, in I forget his name, the guy who owns Bora, he's aggressive. You know, he wants to, he, he wants to, um, he wants to be present, right? We often talk about the super teams, right? So you've got obviously, um, Jumbo and Ineos and UAE and even quick step, but this guy wants a seat at the table straight up. And, and, uh, the, the team always races hard. Uh, I, I like the move. I, I, I'm all, I'm, oftentimes curious and skeptical of what happens to guys when they leave these super teams and just how that the infrastructure, the training, the really like the, the six Sigma approach to uh, every aspect of the sport. I'm, you know, you worry or you wonder what will happen, but I feel like Roglic is a pro he's old enough uh, to know how to, uh, you know, to handle himself. And so I, I love the move. Oh, I think, I think historically we've seen, you know, Ineos came out with the marginal gains. They dominated for many years. Then they started losing some of their top riders that went to the other teams. And then they, what, what do these top riders do? They bring all the stuff that they learned from these older teams to their new teams and they implement mm -hmm. it. So we'll start seeing a lot of this new information. Like for instance, Bora already hired the coach that, they, that uh, Wildman Art and uh, Roglic had. So they're bringing him over. And I actually found it fascinating that Bora is taking such a long-term uh, approach to cycling where they said they, they took the funds that from money that they've saved up over the years from their budget to hire Roglic, which is let's, let's be honest, several million dollars. So not, I mean, most teams we all know in the world tour, they're just scraping by year to year. Uh, they don't have any money to spare, but these guys are 
not only winning races like the Giro d'Italia with Jai Hindley getting the yellow jersey this year in the Tour de France, but they're always long-term planning. And I like the approach. I think it's making the Tour de France even more exciting next year with splitting all these guys up. Um, I think it's going to be a, a fun year for us to talk about cycling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think uh, I didn't, I mean, I didn't see it coming. Actually, I, I, I was rather expecting... You know, once they say Roglic is allowed to go, I would say Ineos, you know. Right. And so I'm a bit, I'm a bit surprised that they lost out on that. I mean, they must have lost out on the bit. I mean, apparently, I mean, I've I've, I've read numbers of six million euros per year for Roglic. I mean, it's a huge contract. Wow. Uh, so you know, good on him. Uh, it's probably <laughs> going to be his last, uh, probably his last big contract because it's three year deal. I've read somewhere. Wow. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's interesting. Uh, this move is interesting from Roglic. I think he's ultimately the big winner of this whole story of the merger takeover, whatever. Uh, and and at the end of the day, you know, there's been so much going on in the last two weeks. I mean, we started to talk about uh, on day one when when we were at the dinner in Mallorca, uh, the news came out, and then we've been talking about it since. And now yesterday, finally. The, the situation is that there's nothing going on. You know, uh, Jumbo Visma stays the same. Jumbo is probably going to go away. Although, although they uh, they still have a contract for next year. So uh, let's see what happens there. And now finally, Sudal Quickstep remains in the same position as they were. Um, so a lot of confusion has happened. But uh, to me, the interesting thing, I don't know what you guys think, is that you know we've there's there's been a lot of things going on behind the scenes and in my opinion this has been also a big war between in the bikes and bicycle industry i personally mm. think specialized was really really heavily involved in this mm. they saw opportunity to you know move to to jumbo visma finally didn't happen but at the same time i think they were also inter instrumental in having roglic going to bora because they're sponsored there mm. and finally the 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 big holding company the mother company of where cervello is it's it's a it's a company called pon pon in, in holland apparently they now have come up with extra funds to maintain you know the level of the the budget of of visma i don't know what it's going to be called now visma i don't know well there isn't there talk of uh of amazon coming in yeah but then 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 i've also read that that was not really that i that that doesn't finally didn't work out i've, I've heard so i don't we don't know but what for sure is that the entities of the teams remain the same, you know? And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was interesting to see everything that happened. And, you know, I think, I think for example, Ineos have been, had, they have been waiting because they, they have been holding off on signature on, on signing riders. Uh, they knew what was going on. In my opinion, they were even part of the discussions at some point. And, and now finally, you know, uh, that, I think that's one of the big questions. What's going to happen there at Ineos because they lost riders. For example, one of the, you know, uh, Roglic goes to Bora, but for example, Dani Martinez also goes to, to Bora. So they're strengthening their team there. And then at the same time, in, in, in Ineos, I, I can't see anything happening. There's, uh, there's there's no new signings or at least not nothing nothing really spectacular. Are you, so, are you, are you saying they were, were they waiting in the wings to scoop up yeah. the talent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were waiting to, to see which riders would be free if it would happen that Jumbo or Visma would absorb some of those riders of, of Sudal Quickstep. And, uh, and there's, there's been more of those teams uh, that were waiting there, but finally um, it's not happening. So 
it, it gave for a lot of stories and a lot of speculations. A b- biggest loser in all this, I think, is Remco. Uh, you know, if, if if you read between the lines, he he was dying for this to happen so that he could leave. And mm-hmm. now he's and, and uh, I think the whole situation is just fishy. Uh, you know, these poor, you know, and you saw some of the quotes and comments from the guys that are on quick steps. So look, nobody's told us anything. We don't know where we're going to end up. We don't know if there's going to be a place for us. And we're talking about, we're talking about professional psych is one of the biggest sports in the world. Like this is, it, it just, it felt Bush league to me. And now, wow. and now, and now after it was so public, then you have these guys are like, well, great. That, uh, I guess, uh, I think it's telling, I think it's telling and actually sad for yes. cycling that a team like Jumbo Visma, the best team in the world has to really consider a merger like this. You would think, okay, you know, the sponsors are lining up, you know, uh, it's, and it's not the case. Uh, and that's, that's really, uh, that's really telling, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm, you know, normally Remco should stay put, but who knows, who knows? I don't know exactly what happened there to that structure uh, of, uh, of Sudal quick step, what happened there. And maybe he'll still try to leave. I don't know. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't think we've heard the end of the story. I, I, I agree with that. I mean, there's, it's, I find it hard to believe that it just ends like this. Like everybody, okay, you go right, you go left. We're cool now, right? I, there has, I don't know. This is, I don't, I'm, I'm with you, George. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that has happened since uh, Lance and George have been on is Cavendish announcing that he's going to throw one more year at it, which is great for the move. Uh, George probably had some knowledge of that before he announced it, but uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, was, I spent some time with him in Nice when I was there for the Ironman, and uh, you know he's he took a lot of time to to reflect on what happened this year, and just decided he didn't want to go out like that. He just had such an amazing career, and no, no, no matter how you how successful you are in uh, in sports, you never want to go out on the ground with an injury. <laughs> I mean, that was just I think just looking back, it would it would always haunt him. Um, and so he had a support from his family, which was the number one, um, you know, barrier for him and support from Vina Karu up with Astana said, Hey man, we really want you back. Take your time, whatever you need. We're here to support you. And, uh, he just felt comfortable. So he's going to do one more year and have a crack at, a breaking that record of the tour de France. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, w- I would stop short of giving any praise to Alexander Vina I mean, he has no other story on that team. This is the story. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. and, and the, I guess if you, if you were going to give him any credit, you, you credit him for, for bringing a guy like uh, Markov over who you know, Cav needs obviously to stay on the bike, which uh, I hope he can, but he needs guys, right. It's not, you can't just win field sprints by yourself. But uh, at this point, that team is, is, a is, is just pack fill straight up. I think, I and, think they're really, so t- they're they, really they should, they should, they should build a team around, uh, around Cavendish and, and see if he I can break the record. And I agree. He I, should race another year. Absolutely. They're, they're really gambling on that Lance. You know, they're, they're team number 21 right now. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. So the, the thing that um, Cavan having Cavendish on the team and having it go at that record is like, it's like a life insurance policy for, for Vinikorov. You know, as if, I say, if they do that, if, if they break the record, the story in Kazakhstan, and you know, they're they're able to spin it in that way, that you know, they can say, okay, we made history. We, the Kazakhs, Astana, we made history. It's going to be Kafu wins, but it's going to be on on Astana. So, 
Um, yeah, they they definitely reinforce themselves. Morkov, uh, when there's so they have case ball. Also Sabatini, I think, uh, went there. Um, I, th- I think that I, I, one of those guys, one of those guys that. But I heard George. Maybe you 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 can enlighten us. I read somewhere that actually the day after Cav crashed in the tour, he called Morkov and said, hey, uh, "I want to I want to go I want to go for this. So you need to, you need to come over here." Do you know anything about that? Oh, I I, I do know. Being Croft told him right away. Even I think in the hospital, like, "Hey, man, do one more year. We're here for you." Which you know, I think uh, Cav found uh, really just he just really appreciated that uh, sort of support from being a crew. Uh, but I think the more, I think the Morikov thing came afterwards. Um, once he started thinking about his comeback and what it would look like and what he needed to be successful. Um, that was, that kind of sort of came into play. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I think uh, it's an interesting story and it would be, it would be amazing, but you know, still it's not going to be easy. You know, it's uh, no. winning stage of the tourist is never easy. What a story it would be. I mean, and by the way, for folks, if you haven't seen his uh, Cavs documentary on Netflix, it's it's very special. It's uh, it, it, it's it's worth 90 minutes of your time to check it out. And I bet I believe uh, that there's a, a part two in the works, which, of course, this all everything we just talked about makes it even more interesting. Um, but it, it's 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 an amazing piece and uh the, the other thing that really stood out for me if we're talking about the cab documentary uh was uh, you know when you watch cycling you see all these guys uh, uh on the motos right for network coverage and you see them in the race on the motos commentating when you see bradley wiggins i mean there's never been a, a, a moto commentator as great as bradley wiggins i agree i, agree. I, don't, I mean that scene where he is is talking about cab and 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 obviously has a deep personal relationship, but you, so that comes through, but everybody else that does that for a living should quit. And, 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 and Sir Bradley Wiggins doesn't even do it anymore. He, he is so good. Like it was a fuck. That was my favorite part of the documentary. All right. A couple right. other things. I do have some messages I want to share because for those yeah. of you who do not know, uh, in Mallorca, you guys sat down with Jan Ulrich. It's an incredible show. Go listen to it. You'll probably want to listen several times. Hmm. But here, here are a few comments that I, I wanted to share that were on YouTube. Uh, Aaron's writes, says, God, as a teen watching these tours each holiday after school in Germany, I hated Lance so much. Cool. Uh, <laughs> cheering each and every year for Jan sitting in front of the TV. Now I absolutely love to see this friendship. Truly hmm. inspiring. Willkommen zurück im Leben. Jan, you're a true fighter and a legend. Thanks a lot to Lance, George, Johan, JB, and the whole We Do team. Welcome back to life. Uh, Net W says, my favorite podcast ever, listening through tears and laughter. These men have a bond that will never be broken. Seeing Jan so healthy and happy makes everything right in our crazy, tumultuous world. Please do this every year at your camp. Uh, Mark Doyle writes, Jan is a hero for so many of us. My childhood revolved around watching him every July. The press constantly took shots at him and tried to pull him down to see him happy and healthy now brings tears of happiness to my eyes. One last message. And there are tons of tons and tons of these. So I just grabbed a few grace. Mally says, 
A truly amazing conversation for sports, history, cycling, sportsmanship, and especially for those who followed Jan and Lance's epic battles during those many years. I, too, have Hoonerhout's. Chicken skin. <laughs> <laughs> you have to listen to the show to get that that reference, uh, well, the chicken Huner, skin reference. Hunerhout. Hunerhout. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, just wanted to share those messages with you. Thank Go you. to your podcast thread. Well, it's worth watching on YouTube too, just to see the just to see Jan uh, looking healthy. So go check it out on YouTube. And last couple of things in my notes here: Gravel Worlds is tomorrow, and Wout van Aert is showing up. That's going to go verde. Yeah, Valverde. Too. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And oh, wait, today, today was the today was the women's the gravel women's race. Yeah, and Iwadoma won. Yeah, won wow. world champion gravel. Yep. Yeah, yep. And last thing in my notes, uh, we will. If you're a We Do member and uh, you're going to be in Greenville in a couple of weeks, you'll have to come by the airstream and say hello. We'd love to visit with you. That's uh, just right around the corner. The airstream, the airstream is still alive. <laughs> Keeping it going. I'm, I'm trying to kill it and keep it, it going at the same yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> isn't there a part of you, JB, that really misses those days? I mean, now you got, we have to work, you know, we have to please George and set up things around George's <laughs> schedule and rent George nice houses in Aspen for the summer. And like, well, you just, don't you, I kind of miss it. Bring it over, drive over one day so I can just kind of sit in it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do a drive-by with it. There you go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, and I guess what? Boy, it's we, it's going to be a few months before we see y'all. But we'll be back with some of the... Yeah. We'll, we'll do the, remember the, the best and worst moments of the season. Yeah. We're going to do yeah. that. The trades and transfer, transfers might be the most interesting year ever since we've been right. there. Right. But there's more to come. Yeah, awesome. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in.